Once upon a time, there was a little boy called Howard Hello. who loved writing stories. Oh, this is brilliant. Young Howard wrote many stories and scripts. Mr. Quackers was on his magic toilet. But then one day, he grew up and discovered alcohol and laziness. So he put his writing in the attic and forgot about it. Twenty years later, Howard found his old stories and persuaded his lifelong friend Rufus to read them. Join Rufus and Howard as they embark on a mission to read everything he wrote from the age of five until now in The Worst Writer in the World. Little Howard dreamed of being a writer And so he sat in front of every night But everything he wrote was fucking shite, yeah Woman of a no, woman of a no Worst writer in the world Worst writer in the world Right, so we've got a big pile of Howard's old school books that we rescued from the attic, right? Mm -hmm. And we've got loads of stuff from English class, like loads of stories and poems and things that you wrote in English class. Some stuff from religious education. Oddly, some stories that you wrote in religious education (laughs) and some uh, essays and interesting stuff there. And also a bunch of stuff you just wrote because you didn't have a life yes. or, or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, no, writing was my life. Oh, because writing was, sorry, because writing was your life. Yeah. And um, I'd actually quite like to start with one of them. Right? Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of stories to come, right? Yep. Uh, that's going to be the main thing. But this one I think is a good one to start with because maybe we're going to get to know you a bit because oh, yeah. what I have found pretty exciting, right, is yeah. The Secret Diary of Howard Long... Aged 11. I think that... Um, you, did you read this? Did no, read I didn't it? read it. No, didn't? I saw well. the title and I thought, oh, um, I beat Sue Townsend then, didn't I? Because uh, Adrian Mole was 13, so uh, that means that she uh, owes me money. Yeah, but you definitely did copy that from Sue Townsend. No. <laughs> but it says 11 and a half. Yeah. And, and Adrian Mole was 13 and three quarters. Yeah, yeah. So but, but he's older that than means you. that I... Well, exactly, he's older than me. So he did it first, is what I'm saying. That's, oh. how, that's how time works, you see. Yeah, no, not everyone is the same age. No, I did it when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. Hello, and welcome to this boring diary. <laughs> Short briefing. In this diary is loads of crap because it's all about me. Da-da! <laughs> yeah. Sunday the 23rd of August. Sat up in bed reading the last pages of The Secret Diary of Adrian Mole, aged 13 and three quarters. <laughs> Shit, well, I, mean, I guess that kind of like puts the dampener on yeah, my yeah. theories anyway. Uh, <laughs> well done, though. I mean, you obviously planned this ahead. You thought, when I'm, when I'm in my 30s, I'm totally going to think I was the first. I'd better make the first line yeah. about the fact that I wasn't. I wonder if you're in this. Probably yeah, saying maybe. some really rude or sexy things about you. Yeah, I hate Rufus. Rufus um, came over today. I liked him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he said I wasn't allowed to like him like that. Mm. Uh, finished it. It is Brill. Oh. Started reading The Growing Pains of Adrian Moult. It is Brill too. Oh. That's the end of that section. Uh, Monday the 24th, next day. Read some more. <laughs> this is a diary about reading The Diary of Adrian Moult. Yeah. You just liked it so much, you're like, I want to do this. Yeah, it should be um, called the diary of the diary of growing mole. Of a growing mole, yeah. Read some more of the growing pains of Adrian Mole. Uh, got out of bed. I am now watching the TV. Oh. I am watching Play School. Oh. <laughs> 11. <laughs> <laughs> 
the <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you, I mean, I remember you watching Play School when we were eighteen, so it's not, it's not yeah, that big a deal. Um, I'm watching Play School. The presenter just said that marbles are usually made of glass, as if I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Play School. I know something. You say, God, it's like you're made for ch- for children much younger than me. Stupid. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so did the skittle walk with the presenter? What's the skittle walk? I don't know. I guess that the, the presenter did a funny walk that the five-year-olds were supposed to do, and I did <laughs> it too. It. <laughs> yeah. Um, play school finished at last. Hooray. Now I am bored. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Conflicted, oh, I am. Yeah, I mean, I mean, great, great literature, you know, needs conflict, and there I'm you have sh- some. Showing such a detailed character, I think that does, doesn't it? Monday, oh, went school, terrible. had science, came home, watched telly, bed. Tuesday, went school, had maths, PE games, awful, didn't have games, kit, only PE kit, brilliant. Went school, came home, did homework, went bed. Thursday, Wait, went so- school, had applied studies, came home, watched TV, went bed. <laughs> Friday, went school, came home, watched TV, the A-team, and other things in bed. <laughs> <laughs> you watched other things in bed. Uh, Sunday got up, watched number seven, number seventy three. <laughs> Half of Black Beauty went round next door. Oh, James Taylor. Play on Com sixty four. Went shop, came round here, played on Atari, had dinner, played on Atari again with next door neighbour. P.S. Next door neighbour is called James Taylor. He went home, watched telly, TV, so on. Um, played on Atari, watched telly, had tea, watched more <laughs> telly, wrote in diary. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Say that. Just, went bed. Now in bed. Joke. Got out of bed. Stuck stickers on pin board. Got back in bed. P.S. Today I got a cold. <laughs> oh God! I'm such a boring child. Um, Monday got up, went to school, came home, went bed. I knew you were wrong to be excited about me finding my my secret diary. Yeah. I mean, even if anything exciting did happen, it wouldn't. Egg- Expand on the subject. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, dog not, exploded. Yeah, Nazis invaded today. <laughs> went bed. Yeah. Watched eighty. As if like um, watch the socks. Um, I was going to say Anne Boleyn, but not her. <laughs> yeah, that little girl in the attic. Anne Frank. <laughs> Frank. Yeah. Imagine yeah. Her diary when Anne Boleyn like was hiding from the Nazis yeah. when she was married to Henry VIII. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't have been that interesting, would it, if she went like a uh, yeah, hidden attic today? Went bed. Got up. <laughs> Sandwich went I, I doubt it would be considered the classic that yeah. it is um, if if she hadn't gone into detail. Mm. Got up, went to school, maths test, came home. Nazis, bed. <laughs> <laughs> You've crossed something out here, Friday. Got up, went to school, died. Ha ha, how did I write that I died? Poo off. <laughs> and you've crossed that out and written, got up, went to school... <laughs> English, stupid, didn't have cotton. Uh, science, pretty boring. Came home, played with Rufus, went bed. Hey! That's it, though. Played with. <laughs> we were 11. Did we play at 11? Is that... Does that sound distinctly sexual? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I just got you out of the cupboard, played with you, put you back. <laughs> yeah. Right, so time to move on to some English books. Is this English? Yes, yes, all these orange ones are English books. Okay, but how old? what about this one? How old were you when you wrote in this that book? That would be a ten years old, that box. So this is primary school? Yep. But it's uh, it's stories? Yes. Right, okay, so uh, let's have a look. Uh, there's a letter for you, called his mother. I've put it on the table. Harvey, 
rushed downstairs and tore it open and found, to his delight, that it was an invitation to Doctor Who's TARDIS. <laughs> I noticed there was a Doctor Who thing there. Yeah. So. Uh, it's not just that it's an invitation to his TARDIS, but it's, not, it's an invitation to Doctor Who's yeah. TARDIS. <laughs> uh, dear Harvey, please come to my TARDIS. <laughs> Midnight, the wise place. From Doctor Who. <laughs> I should probably point out here that the wine's place was the chip shop in Colville. So, at dead of midnight, Harvey set off for the wise place. When he got there, he heard a strange noise. Then, out of nowhere, the TARDIS appeared. Suddenly, the door of the TARDIS swung open Suddenly. and out came a Dalek. What? <laughs> okay. Well, it, you spelt Dalek, D-A-R-L-I-C-K, which seems obvious, seems deliberate to me. Harvey was taken by some men. Taking a turn for the worst. <laughs> he was taken in the TARDIS, where Doctor Who was held captive. Ooh. Then he was thrown in a room and tied up, but Harvey was good at bricks. <laughs> <laughs> he was fucking good at bricks. He was, he was the best at bricks in the whole neighbourhood. Uh, I think maybe Nobody it's tricks. Bricks. Oh, OK. <laughs> it really is like bricks, though. Um, Harvey was good at bricks, so he, did, so he clicked his fingers and the rope fell off his hands. Oh, it's like Gret Binchleaf in Gret Binchleaf and Adventure People Turn Into Books. <laughs> I have to say, I, I watched um, Harry Potter was on TV the other day. Yeah, yeah. And, um, Which one? I think it was the last one. Right. And um, at one point, I swear, Harry pointed his wand at a snake and went, Kafrida. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking definitely went. Yeah. Freedom. <laughs> oh, that's weird. All right, so so Harvey's uh, good at bricks, and so he's got the, <laughs> he's got the the string off. Uh, fell off his hand, and he hid behind the door. When one of the men came in, Harvey hit him on the head and crept out of the room. Why is he creeping? Is because <laughs> he didn't knock the guy out. He just hit him on the head. Yeah, and the guy what, standing there. What, what was that? that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he untied the doctor and went out of the TARDIS. The Doctor and Harvey collected up some items. <laughs> looking for looking stuff. For bits. Looking for bits. <laughs> yeah. Some items. Then the Doctor put them together oh. with nails. <laughs> doesn't say with nails, does it? <laughs> exactly what it says. Then the Doctor put them together with nails. <laughs> when it was finished, it looked like a great magnet. Oh. The Doctor switched it on and all the Daleks came flying out. Mm. He's, magnet, he's used a magnet to defeat the Daleks. Why did he never think of that in the real show? Did I he? have got a big, <laughs> did a big magnet. Really? I stole it, yeah. Oh, no. With a, but like a big cartoon magnet with mm. like a red one. With oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah that would be good, yeah. <laughs> uh, So the Doctor jumped out of the machine. What's he doing? Oh, in the machine? What, is in the magnet? Oh. Lit a match and threw it at the machine and it blew up. Oh. <laughs> Right. So apparently at some point he coated it in petrol and <laughs> uh, And then there was a great sizzling and the odd men yeah. shrizzled, shrizzled up. up into waters. Yeah, shrizzled up into waters. Okay. Yeah, they yeah, shrizzled up into waters, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah then, the odd, then the odd men shrizzled up into waters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks, thanks for coming and explaining, Mike. It's a lot clearer. <laughs> Glad to be about. <laughs> there was a flash and Harvey was in his room at home. I think that may be the end. Oh, then it was, so it's an ambiguous ending because maybe it was all a dream, or maybe the maybe the magic flash made him zap back home. Perry said, "Let's have an Easter party." I've got some Easter oil, said Bertie. Yeah, and I've got some Easter nuts <laughs> and bolts, said Thomas. So they went to the station and brought back 
anal clarets. <laughs> so, claret, anal clarinets. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's been correctly Thomas the Tank Engine story, and then Percy brought back some anal clarinets. <laughs> Right, so Howard, this next book yeah. appears to be one of your Choose Your Own Adventure uh, books. Yes, I wrote a lot of Choose Your Own Adventure did, books. Right? I don't know if, if people are aware of Choose Your Own Adventure, but they were books that they still exist, but they were very yeah. popular when we were kids, yeah. where you'd read a page and then you'd get a choice, right? It's like, do you like eat the cake, turn to this page, mm-hmm. or don't eat the cake, turn to that page? Uh, so this is uh, in amongst your school books. I don't know if this is something you did for school or you just got... You don't get like free periods. You're just going to sit down and write, just down and write a book. Write a book. <laughs> I don't think I finished this one, to be honest with you. We're not going to play a whole Choose Your Own Adventure book now. We're just going to have, right. have a little look. Just see have a, what it is. Yeah, just a, a little taster. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's have a look. What's it called? The Land of Death. Your mission. You are Tricky, a mouse. You have been sent by the Queen of Tist. <laughs> that is an anagram of tits. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. The Queen of Tist. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> All right, so you've been sent by the Queen of Tits <laughs> to find the gold wedding ring that she must wear next Saturday, otherwise she will have her head chopped off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, that's what happens. <laughs> and an evil magician will take her place. <laughs> I mean, you've really, you've got an eye for a story. I'll give you that. That's anyway. You have got to find the the gold wedding ring that she must wear next Saturday. Otherwise, she will have her head chopped off, and an evil magician will take her place. <laughs> to find the ring, you must go to the land of death. Which way will you go to try to get to the land of death? North, east, south, or west? Mm. I don't think I want to go to the land of death. Okay, this next one's called Jack's Turkeys. (laughs) So, Howard, do you know how old you were when you wrote this? I do do, yes, I do do. do, do, I would have been about ten when I wrote this one. Um, And this one was actually written for, like, a kind of competition. Oh, really? I don't know why, but, like, the bank. The the, the famous bank writing competition. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the the NatWest or whatever, like, had a Christmas, they wanted Christmas stories, and they kind of displayed them in the the bank window in Coville. Was this in the bank window? Mm. Really? (laughs) Yeah, well, I don't know this one was but I mean I didn't win oh you didn't win this is not a prize this is not a prize winning turkey or a prize winning well it is definitely a turkey but it's not a prize winning story oh was it a Christmas competition yeah was it, so it had to be about Christmas in mm. some way and that's why it's Jack's turkeys because yeah. it's his dinner yeah <laughs> okay alright alright well let's have a look it was Christmas Eve Jack was fetching one of his turkeys for Christmas dinner but all the turkeys escaped in the process Jack had to catch his turkeys <laughs> He chased them round his garden. (laughs) Suddenly the turkeys noticed that the front gate was open, so they rushed out. There were ten turkeys, two ran into a butcher's shop and never came out again. (laughs) That's what happens, isn't it? If you run into a butcher's shop, you get murdered instantly. Um, Two more took a quick dip in the Thames. The Thames? But they sank. (laughs) They were heavy turkeys. (laughs) Yeah. One turkey jumped into someone's garden and landed on a barbecue. <laughs> there were only five turkeys left. That's correct. One ran into a tramp sack. <laughs> <laughs> Basically a tramp just standing there holding an open sack. Oh, there's a turkey running into my sack. 
good. And the tramp ran off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He was happy. He was a happy tramp there, yeah. wasn't he? Well, he'd been standing there for like for three years, holding his sack holding open, just on the off chance that a turkey would run his in. Turkey sack open. <laughs> no turkeys in my turkey sack. Two slipped in the snow. What? Well, it's Christmas, isn't it? Yeah. Two slipped in the snow and slided into a poultry house. Poultry house. Yeah. Well, moved in with Mister and Missus Chicken. <laughs> And they were never seen again. Poultry house, because you just couldn't think of enough things, could you? You're like an, another type of butcher. Yeah. A poultry house. <laughs> yes. That's why two keep going in places rather than yeah. one. Then one saw a car and got inside. <laughs> the car drove off. The last, to- the last yeah. turkey saw an open gate and ran through. Jack followed and closed the gate. The turkey had ran into Jack's garden. Jack caught the turkey but felt great pity on it. (laughs) 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 Certainly, I feel great pity on you. So he didn't have turkey for Christmas dinner. Instead, he had, yes, you've guessed it, he had boar's head. (laughs) (laughs) Did you guess that? (laughs) No. No, I didn't. (laughs) If I'd had to make a list of the things I guessed, I would have been pretty far down the list. So Jack and his turkey lived happily ever after the end. (laughs) Hooray! That was a happy ending. Right, uh, okay, so how old were you when you wrote this one? I'm going to say 12. You're going to say 12? Yeah. Uh, Castle Rock, middle school. Middle yeah, school, yeah. Castle Rock, yeah. Ferries was a spy in the Zidonian army, but he had never had any luck in seeing or hearing about any attacks on his people, even though there had been many. Okay. One night... Can I, can I mention that? I, I don't know whether you've noticed, but this, I was like, this is actually religious... Education class, so it's Shit, important yeah. to draw a distinction between th- this story and anything else. All the rest of it's generally English. One night, Verus was lying, lying in bed when a bright light appeared and spoke to him. It said, I am your god, Vlad Shing. <laughs> I have come to give you the powers of reading anyone's mind, no matter how far away they are. Hey. Then the bright light vanished and all was silent. Verus, who had been hiding under his bed cover, came out, thinking about what Vlad Shing had said. Tried to hear what his cousin Hevru was saying. Sure enough, he heard him telling his son about the time he had killed Whitsmith the Aurelian. In the morning, Veres knew he had been given the power to defeat the Aurelians, but he was foolish and instead wanted to use his power to make money. So he read the king's mind and heard that the king was having some precious jewels imported from the island Vulcan. <laughs> So he hired some men to make a raid on the ship that was bringing the jewels. I can't even imagine what, the, what why the teacher said, like, oh, we need to write a story about yeah. about a god or something. And I was yeah. like, all right. Yeah. A god that gives someone superpowers and then turns <laughs> into a robber. Maybe it's a morality tale. Maybe you meant to write a morality oh, tale. Maybe. Um, it was midnight. The ship was coming ashore when these men made the raid and took the jewels. But they were not to be trusted and took the jewels themselves. Veres was flat broke, and when he got home he found he had lost his job and his silver toothpick, and even worse, his house had vanished. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, those things would have been in his house, right? (laughs) Where's my silver toothpick? Where's my house? Yeah, he lost his, his his job and his toothpick were in his house. Yeah, his <laughs> job. <laughs> yeah. This was Vlad Shing's work because he had used his power wrongly. Ah. Varys prayed to Vlad Shing to give him one more chance, but Vlad Shing said only if he defeated the Saharig. The Saharig was a wild boar, 300 feet high. 
That's pretty fucking big. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's like a hundred meters uh, tall. That's that's amazing. It roamed in the Saar jungle. That's where it got its name from. Varys set off. Vladshing had armed him with a sword of strength. Oh. As he walked in the jungle, he heard the Saharig, and a few seconds later he saw it. 300 feet high was certainly wrong. It was about 30 feet high. The Saharig jumped at Veris, but he dodged the Saharig and thrust his sword at it and wounded it. It jumped at Veris again. This time, Veris stood there and put massive, his sword in the air. jumping pig, right? It's like <laughs> yeah. we need to know this is what, what is going on here. Yeah. He's fighting yeah. a massive jumping pig. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is exactly what's happening, yeah. But not as massive as he thought it was no, going to no, be. No. Um, this time, Varys stood there and put his sword in the air. The Zaharig landed on the sword, and Varys ran out from under it before it squashed him. He had defeated it. Varys set off back home, where his house had returned. Oh. <laughs> his job and his silver toothpick. Hey. It does have some weird turn. Says Varys set off back home, where his house had returned, <laughs> his job and his silver toothpick. So it sounds like his house had given his job back. <laughs> Uh, sorry about stealing your toothpick. Here it is. Yeah. How happy he was. The next day, after resting from his adventure, he read The Captain of the Aurelian's Mind and heard every single piece of information to win the war. And your teacher has written, A, excellent merit. Hey. Yeah, got a merit for that. Right, so I'm sure many people remember uh, when you're at primary school, you have to write what I did on my holidays. Yeah, you've got to write what Rufus did on, on his holidays. <laughs> yeah, which is difficult it was a really for most weird people. weird thing that right? I did. Because most people never yeah, even met, met me, you, yeah. you know, but Howard was lucky because he, he had. Not. I had. That's not what I read, and, oh, and you know oh, it's sorry. not. No, no, you write about what you did on your holidays, right? Yeah, you And do. this is one of Howard's great versions, mm-hmm. what, what Howard did on Howard's holidays. Aged eight. Okay. It was Friday. We were going to the Isle of Wight. We put all the things in the car. <laughs> wow. That's like that challenge where you have to get as much in a matchbox as you can. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. But it's all of reality yeah. in one car. That's amazing. Yeah. And then we got in and drove off. When we got there, Dad went to reception. When he came out, we went to our chalet. The number was 50. We went inside. It was very nice. There was a coloured television. <laughs> a settee, two armchairs and a nice kitchen. I slept in a bunk bed. There were two swimming pools, a shop, an arcade, a surgery, a laundrette, and a hairdresser's and a park. When I went somewhere, I lost my truck. (laughs) 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 When I went somewhere, I lost my truck. You're like eight years old here. I think this is old enough to know better. Right, so this next story is mm. called Mr. Quackers. Mm-hmm. Any ideas how old you were? Um, what, when I wrote Mr. Quackers? When you wrote Mr. Quackers. The seminal, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the seminal Mr. Quackers. You introduced literature. Introduced Mr. the Quackers. character Mr. Quackers to the universe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, how old were you then? I think I was ten. Right, let's have a look. Our street was boring. Nothing much ever happened until one day Mr. Quackers was given for his birthday an automatic frying pan cleaner. It was a strange gift, but people passing his house would usually look in through the window and stare in amazement at the cleaner in his window. Mr Quackers was proud to be the only owner of one in the street, and soon lots of people were becoming very jealous. So lots of people went out to try and buy one, even my mum and dad. 
Personally, I thought the tissue method was a lot quicker, but people get lazier and lazier these days. The tissue method? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like when you rinse it in the toilet and rub it yeah. with some tissue. Anyhow, back to our story. Well, everyone came back looking really cheesed off because they couldn't find a place that sold the things, and my mum reckoned it was my fault to think the cheek of it. Well, now a crowd of people started yeah, gathering round... my fault? Yeah, <laughs> gathering round Mr Quacker's house, shouting, Quackers is crackers, which has nothing to do with frying pans, but does show <laughs> a sign of jealousy. Everyone wanted to know who had sent it to him so they could ask them where they got it from. But Mr Quackers told them he got it from a tandoori restaurant about 5,000 miles away in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> What a brilliant sentence. (laughs) Everyone went back to the shops and bought something Mr Quackers hadn't got, hoping he would become jealous. (laughs) Everyone just went and bought, what hasn't Mr Quackers got? Uh, He hasn't got a really big sausage. I'll have a big sausage then, please. A fucking giraffe. He hasn't got a giraffe. (laughs) Anyhow, that same night there was a power cut and all the lighting a TV stuff went kaput. Um, I was the first to notice it. (laughs) Then I shaved my sister. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose you you have to fill the time when the the TV's not working. Then I shaved my sister, mum and dad. (laughs) They told the next door (laughs) neighbours. And soon nearly all of um, Fapan Street were gathered round the glowing house of Mr Quackers. Suddenly, the automatic frying pan cleaner flew out of the house's chimney, screaming out loud, Zorgon rules. What the... It had drinked up all the electricity. Drinked up all the electricity? It wasn't really an electric frying pan Now the Zoygon, Zordon, whatever, was squirting the fairy liquid, which was no longer fairy liquid, but streams of laser, or more likely electricity, everywhere, blasting away... which is it? (laughs) Yeah, come on, narrator. Blasting away, whole house... Shouting, I evil, Zorgon evil, Zorgon rules. Suddenly from nowhere on the landscape became a blotch. It was my hero, blotch on the landscape man. <laughs> it's making it so <laughs> My hero, blotch on Suddenly yeah. on the landscape there was a blotch. It yeah. was my hero, Suddenly blotch. from nowhere on the landscape came a blotch. It was my hero, blotch on the landscape man. In brackets, da-da. Uh, the monster shot at B-O-T-L-M. But he, B-O-T-L-M, dodged well, but not well enough as he got hit several times. <laughs> then Blotch on the Landscape Man took out his electro gun and fired at Zorgon. Uh, as soon as a shot hit him, he grew bigger and stronger. The gun was no use. So he punched Zorgon right to a cliff edge. <laughs> Here they had an enormous fight. Brackets, Brillo Dillo it was. <laughs> Brillo Dillo. Yeah. Eventually, Zorgon was pushed off the cliff edge and landed with a splash. That was the end of Zorgon. But just as Zorgon proceeded into the sea... <laughs> and trying to get trying out some new words. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> proceeded into the sea. Um, <laughs> just as Zorgon proceeded into the sea, my second cousin... That's the one who's married to your sister. <laughs> yeah. My second cousin's... <laughs> Yeah, probably. <laughs> I say, oh, that's why you're close to it. My second cousin's next door neighbour oh. received a parcel from a tandoori restaurant 3,000 miles from Australia. Oh. 
Alright, so this next one is not a story. This is from your religious education book, and yes. as far as I can tell, this appears to be an essay on equal rights. Oh, yeah, 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 because this is going to this, this <coughs> show whether I agree with yeah. equal rights. Uh, equal rights has been an issue for many years now. <laughs> Good introduction. <laughs> there are two different equal rights. <laughs> They're not equal, then. Man and... <laughs> 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 That's a wonderful sentence, right? There are two different equal rights. Yeah, that's good. What? <laughs> and it says, that of men and women. Yeah. Oh, I understand. Okay. Yeah, I know that of mean. men and women and that of white and black people. Yeah, yeah. So you have two different areas to talk about yeah. equal rights in. <laughs> Not that there are two different equal rights. <laughs> Sexist men all over the world who do the same job as women get paid more. Wow. This is completely wrong and very sexist. It shows that men are superior to women. <laughs> I, don't <think> you... <laughs> I don't think you meant that. I think you meant right, like it suggests that. Yeah, yeah, yes, it it proves, <laughs> this proves that men are superior to yeah, women, I think that's what I meant. which is very wrong. Yes. Women should be paid the same amount of money as men. What is also often found are women... Lying on the front of car bonnets <laughs> in magazines. Okay, uh, what the fuck's going on here? When I walk down the street, there's always women just lying on car bonnets. <laughs> women should be less lazy and they should get in the car and drive to the shops. <laughs> yeah, what is often, also often found. Often found. Often found. What, is also, lying... what is also often found are... Well, women... <laughs> Lying on car bonnets. Women lying on the front of car bonnets <laughs> in magazines. This is trying to sell the car. But is a woman strewn across the front of the car really necessary? No! no! Big capital letters underlined. No. After all, it's not a woman that is being bought. The car is all that counts. Racism. Okay, now racism is going to be dealt with quite a lot quicker, I think. A lot less about racism. Because some people are black, white people treat them badly. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've, I think you've nailed racism. You've really, you really described the struggle there. That's that's beautiful. That is what that's right. Because some it? people are black, white people treat them badly, and a lot of black people find it hard to get proper jobs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Those are fictitious jobs yeah. that they have. I believe this is very wrong. The colour of someone's skin or voice. <laughs> The colour of someone's voice yeah. does not matter. A lot of black people are mugged by white or picked on. <laughs> Weird place, Colville, in the 80s, wasn't it? <laughs> um, so a lot of black people are mugged by white or picked on. Yeah. People who do this are very sick, and I'm sure they would not enjoy the same treatment. Sexism and racism are stupid. I think anybody found being racist or sexist should go to jail for a while <laughs> and maybe even have their brains tested. <laughs> yeah. Right, well, what, what's three plus four? Uh, Six. You're a racist. Yeah. All right, so we've got a lot of Howard's work, haven't we? I mean, we've got a massive pile of Howard's work. Me, on the other hand, I mean, I don't think I wrote much as a kid, and what I did seems to have been thrown away, largely thrown away. There's very few of my school books in the attic, but 
Mm? We did find one. We did. One little book of stories by me as a, what, a six-year-old? We reckon about six about or seven, six, maybe? Yeah. So just as a special treat, just this once, uh, usually this show is going to be all about Howard, but just this once, let's hear a story by me, shall we, Howard? Yeah. What you got? It's called The Snowman. Tom looked out of the window. Toby, he shouted, come here quick, Toby. Toby, he shouted, come here quick, Toby, came into the room. Come here quick, Toby. Come Toby here. came into the room. Toby <laughs> came into the room. I know, he said. <laughs> I know what? <laughs> oh, look, Toby, he shouted, come here quick, Toby, came into the room. I know, he said. It snowed it. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it says? Yeah. Excellent. Yes, but look how deep the snow is, said Tom. We could make a million snowmen. <laughs> Go down a bit on the numbers, Tom said. Yeah, Toby. That is a bit ambitious, a million snowmen. Say ten. It's <laughs> <laughs> a yeah. fair compromise. <laughs> Yeah, if only like negotiations were like that. This house, this house is a million pounds. Will you take ten? Yes, yes, I will take ten. Brilliant, yeah, ten right. pounds. Brilliant. <laughs> right, let's go. They went into the garden and started to build a snowman. By dinner time, five were made. By tea time, ten were made. And by six o'clock p.m., fifteen were made. The next day, a man came to their door and told them that they had won a snowman competition. That's it. <laughs> and what 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 was it? Who's built the most snowmen competition? Because <laughs> everyone else stops after one. Because yeah. why wouldn't you? Like, why would you need to build a second snowman? Yeah. But you guys, you weirdos, you built fifteen, so you win. They came second because someone down the road had done a million. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the pilot episode of The Worst Writer in the World. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, the next episode is available right now. It's a longer story. It's part one of Howard's version of Rapunzel. Worst writer in the world. Worst writer in the world. Worst writer in the world.